Welcome to Ask a Broker, episode 14. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. This is the show where Dustin Woodhouse and I answer your mortgage brokering questions. Whether you have questions on how to build or grow your mortgage business, this is the show for you. Here's how it works. Go to askabroker.ca, record your question, and if we answer your question on this show, we'll send you a swanky new ILMB t-shirt courtesy of Lendesk. Today on the show, Neil Beaumont asks, how do I get clients who only want to text or email me to talk on the phone and where he can actually serve them better? Before we get started, I want to thank today's sponsor. Ask a Broker is sponsored by Lendesk. Lendesk is a mortgage technology company based out of Vancouver that has built an origination platform specifically for Canadian brokers. Lendesk removes the headache of assembling an application with your client. Think of it as the ultimate CRM and deal management tool. They're pre-launched, but I'm helping them refine the platform, and I can tell you it looks awesome. If you'd like to get early access to Lendesk with me, sign up at lendesk.com to stay in the loop. As for the cost, let's just say it's going to be an easy decision. This is going to be a game changer. Hey, Dustin, how's it going? Good, Scott. How are you? Good. Hey, so what's your what was your favorite class in college or university? I never made it to university. I uh, lasted about a year and a half in college. And looking back, I would say, I don't know if it was necessarily my favorite class at the time, but definitely the most important class I ever took was one called Personal Selling, where at the beginning of the class, everybody stood up, including me, looked at our shoes, sort of stuck our hand out and did this limp handshake with zero eye contact and mumbled our names to the person next to us. And by the end of that class, and that really was me, that's how I was at that time. And by the end of that course, he took us through a little three, four month uh, odyssey where the final exam was basically to go out into the concourse, walk up to three different strangers and strike up a conversation with them. And basically he had a stopwatch going and the longer the conversation lasts, the better your mark was. Hopefully you saw somebody you knew and you, <laughs> so no. how was your weekend. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was good. It was really beneficial. What about you? So I, I did three months of college, ran out of money because I spent, I, I tell people I studied alcoholism because I was, you know, I spent a bit too much time at the bar <laughs> and they're like, really, you can study that. I'm like, yeah, you can. And, uh, but my absolute favorite class was marketing and I wouldn't miss that class. Even if I remember showing up, I'm pretty sure I was still drunk and, I show up to the marketing class and my instructor's like, you don't have to be here, you know? And I'm like, no, but I want to be. And I'm pretty sure thinking back, I probably reeked of alcohol and it was just such a, you know, my, I hope my kids never listen to this. But uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, I thought that it, for me, marketing was my favorite. And then the second, a close second for me was accounting. I liked numbers and it seemed like it made sense. And, uh, but yeah, that was my experience. So let's have a listen to Neil Beaumont. He's asking about how do you move a client from who's communicating with you just via text and email uh, let's have a listen and then we'll jump into it. Hi there, it's uh, Neil Beaumont, a mortgage broker, asking you experts your opinion. As times have been changing uh, with technology, a lot of clients, they just want to um, communicate via text and emails. When renewing or refinancing clients, sometimes these days, past clients, new clients will want to talk primarily through that uh, forum. What is your opinion and how do you deal with it? As we know, when we are um, doing a refinance or a renewal, there are a lot of questions to be asked to make sure that they're getting the right product, the right advice, and uh, numerous emails going back and forth, which a 10-minute call could take, um, but you know it could be two weeks back and forth with uh, emails and texts. Anyway, just want to see how you handled it and um, what your suggestions are. Thank you very much. 
Okay, so what it, what's your thoughts on Neil's question? How do you? I know you love the phone. You're good at getting people on the phone. What 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 kind of things do you do? Well, I, I'm very specific with clients. So when they send me a text, it just about does not matter what they've asked me. I, my response is uh, due to the fact that I get stuck speaking on the phone for many hours. My text response times are horrible. So please do not text me. Please email me. And at this point, just about every single person has email on their phone anyway. So whether they're typing a text or typing an email, it's not a big deal. So I I do everything I can to funnel people into email. And, you know, if they keep pushing back, I'll say, you know, I'm really sorry, but this is a complex topic that cannot be captured via text. I need a full keyboard. I need to type full sentences. It's got to be email. And if they keep pushing again, I say, I also want us both to have an easily sourced record of all of our conversations. So, you know, I really, really push hard to basically not text clients at all. And I never initiate, never say never. 99% of clients I will not initiate communication via text message with. Because, of course, if you start with a text, well, it ends with a text. I, I avoid using it myself, and I try and funnel clients over to email. But then when they email you, again, there's lots of things where basically I will say to the client, the response to your question or the response to you know, the examples that you're asking for involve a lot of detail. And I type at 40 words per minute. On average, I speak at 200 words per minute. So, you know, and not even I, we. I mean, that's all of us. When you're typing thoughts, mm-hmm. as fast as a typer as you might be, you're, you're, you're not really doing much better than 40 words and you're trying to actually come up with the answer as you're typing it. You know, do you really want me to type a thousand words on what you've asked? Or do you want to just have a five-minute conversation? Like, mm-hmm. Now, I will do when you when you get asked the same question, this is actually here's here's the statement that triggered my blog fellow got up in a stage in front of us at at one of these investment real estate action group meetings, actually. And he says, how many times do you type a complex answer to a question to a client and hit send and find yourself typing that same answer to that same question again and again and again? Why aren't you hitting post? Why are you not making that a blog post? So that's actually the source of where most of my blog posts come from. But if I get asked the same question two, three, four, five times, I'm like, ah, ding, you know, the light bulb goes on. That's a blog post. And so that's the other way I can sort of simplify the answer. You know, if they're emailing me saying, hey, we're thinking about a construction mortgage. Your article, by the way, on that is excellent. Oh, if you build it, they might come and finance it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'd send that link out. I say, here's a link that gives you sort of the basics on, on construction financing. And when you're finished reading this, give me a call and let's discuss it. And uh, so it works good for a lot of those general uh, questions. But I think Neil's probably talking more like through the actual process of a file. And um, and again, you just sort of have to try and take charge and pick up the phone and call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, send them an email saying, you know, the questions you're answering are a little more complex than a few sentences of an email. And uh, I'd really like to speak directly with you. I'm I'm calling you now. And uh, don't wait for them to call you. Phone them. 
Right. That's good advice. I, I agree. I find that and text, it's like one more channel. I've had situations where a client will text me. I don't usually give up my, I don't usually do the texting, but once in a while, a friend that becomes a client, they'll shoot you a text and it's a question about a file. And I'll, it's always a good chance that that's going to get missed if it's not in my workflow of emails that I've got to like make sure I get back to them. And so I like your response on telling them that you're just, you know, in order to serve them better, it needs to be by email. And that way you're kind of pushing everybody into a place where you can serve them. I remember you'd mentioned to me one time about a client had emailed you and said, Hey, I've got a, you know, this quote from my bank, you know, what can you do for me? So it was basically an inquiry. You know, somebody told me to talk to you and your response was, well, there's at least four things wrong with what you're saying. I can't, you know, can we schedule a phone call? And then you get them on the phone. I think whenever you leave a question in the person's mind, then you're, they're going to want to talk to you on the phone. Because when I, when that response makes me want to call you, I'm like, what are the four things that are wrong, right? So you have information that I don't have. Therefore, I'm going to want to uh, get on the phone to get the answer. So I think that's my take on it. Anything else you think? Uh, the only other thing I'd say the same rules apply with Facebook Messenger, LinkedIn Messenger, Twitter direct messages, uh, Snapchat, whatever else people are using. I, I cancel all that out. You know, the odd person will message me on Facebook and I'm like, Let's move this thread over to my email. Here's my email address. I actually try to not check into Facebook during work days as much as I can. So if you want to communicate about your file or a file, email, 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 email. That's what I hammer on. No other forms. Never mind just text messages. I cancel out every other messaging platform. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I think at the end of the day, if the clients understand that it, you're actually doing them a favor by keeping a single like a simple communication lines it it's still gonna most people are gonna want to most people will agree to it so well you know the last thing i'd maybe add scott is is i think there's a lot of brokers who prefer email over actually speaking to their clients as well Mm -hmm. and i think that it's just as risky of a, a a method to use for communication because a lot of times when you actually have a conversation with your clients, it's much more dynamic. It's much more free flowing and different things pop up like, oh, well, you know, my brother, uh, he makes 250,000 a year. Uh, he'd co-sign. Would that help? Mm-hmm. Uh, by all, by all means. Yes, that would help. Right. Right. You know, or, or, oh, well, my parents own a house. I think it's worth three million and they're clear title. I mean, they could probably get an extra hundred thousand against that to help us out with the down payment. Would that be helpful? Well, holy smokes, would that ever be helpful? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that wouldn't have come up in an email exchange because it's slow and fractured. Whereas verbally, you know, and, and so that's probably the one thing I'd say for the benefit of the broker side. And uh, I know Neil uh, well enough. He doesn't do this, but some of us definitely, are tempted to communicate bad news by email. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst way to communicate bad news. Always communicate that news verbally. Get the client on the phone and say, hey, look, we're having this stumbling block, this obstacle, this speed bump uh, with your file right now. Let's put our heads together and maybe there's some information I don't have that you can help me with and we can overcome this. Because if you just send an email to that client saying, you know, we've got this problem, I don't know what to do, or, you know, it, you're screwed. It, it gets, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the you're, title you're, line. You're, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The subject line. I, 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 the other thing I find too for me, maybe this is different for you, but I even find getting exceptions from my underwriters and stuff, I will often be, I will gravitate towards the phone 
because it's really easy to say no in an email. They're like, I already got a lot of things on the go. And so I have found for me, I've had good, better success when I have a situation and I can get an underwriter on the phone and explain it to them. And they can, you know, they're more, I found them more inclined to help me. Maybe that's, has that been your case or how do you get exceptions from, or just situations dealt with from your lenders? I think the lenders have three different books of exceptions and they pull them out accordingly. So there's the, oh, they emailed us for an exception. Let's get that book. Oh, and it's got like no exceptions really in it to speak of. Yeah, the answer and is then, no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's one word. And uh, and then, yeah, there's that second book where if you phone them and uh, have a conversation with them, it's, oh, there's a few more options available in, in that book of exceptions. And then I think if you actually show up physically at the underwriting center with a bottle of wine and a bouquet of flowers, there's a whole another book and uh I'm, I'm not speaking from experience i'm just being facetious but. yes i totally agree <laughs> that's awesome well hey neil hopefully this was helpful and thanks dustin for your time today yeah i appreciate it it's a good time